welcome to Mentally Sounds Life in Lockdown podcast series. This is episode 77. My name is Ricky Thaman and I'm your host for the next hour. Mentally Sound is a mental health and mental well-being show. The idea is that myself and guests talk candidly and at substance about anything and everything to do with mental health. So on that basis, as a disclaimer, we do urge you to go and see your GP, your crisis centre, therapist, if you find the topics of our discussions distressing for you. A reminder that Mentally Sound is a podcast, formerly a radio show that pre-existed the pandemic and lockdown, so we've adapted to podcast medium for the meantime, during and post-lockdown. If you listen to us on Spice FM, Newcastle's fantastic radio station from the heart of the West End, you can tune in via 98.8 FM or online via the website at spicefm.co.uk and we're on air on Tuesday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and repeated on Saturdays at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If you'd like to get in touch, perhaps be signposted to a guest or seek advice from our therapist, you can email us at mentallysound at spicefm.co.uk or get in touch via the social media where we have all links to all our shows as well. On Twitter, we're at underscore mentally sound. On Instagram, we're at mentally sound radio. And on Facebook, it's mentally sound radio show. And incidentally, on our Facebook header page, you'll find updated archives of all our podcasts with all the relevant topics listed underneath. We're also on the relevant podcast platforms. Look up Mentally Sound on Clips, spelled C-L-Y-P, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Breaker and Apple Podcasts. And joining me for this episode is Dean Teasdale, co-founder of The Blaine Shed. Myself and Steve visited The Shed three years ago, where we met Dean and his wife and Shed co-founder Fiona. We discussed the history of the men's sheds and well-being specifically to do with men's, what happened to The Shed in lockdown, and we remember Fiona, who we sadly lost in lockdown after a battle with sepsis. And it's true to say that the shed would never happen without her, a remarkable lady. And thank you, Dean, for displaying your emotions. Also for remembering her as Fee. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this episode. got another fabulous guest for this week's episode um he is a friend of the show when we did our radio show myself and my co-host steve uh, we had the pleasure of visiting um this person's establishment all the way in uh, all the way over in bladen so he me and steve went across the tyne and we visited what was called the uh bladen's men's shed um i think it's just called the bladen shed i think that's the just the normal simpler correct terminology but he'll correct me on that i'm sure uh, welcome, Hi. sir. Uh, Dean Teasdale. How are you, sir? Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? How are you, sir? Um, how's uh, how's things recently? Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, as, as you say, January has flown over. It's uh, unbelievable, isn't it? It seems to have just gone so fast. Yeah, I was building up to it, um, January, because um, we were opening again for the first time in nearly two years. Yeah. Um, in a very limited capacity, but uh, opening again at the beginning of this month, mm. and uh, yeah, but it seems to have flown over, flown over in no time whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to you a few months back um, under sort of very, sort of very tragic circumstances, which we'll get onto about later, of course. But um, I know that things were a little bit difficult in terms of the shed itself, and um, I remember messaging you asking whenever you're ready to talk about it, and you said, "Yeah, at some point I will be," and then. Uh, I think was it last week or two weeks ago? Um, there was a post on on Facebook, and uh, you mentioned that things 
in regards to the pop-up uh, establishment of, of uh, the men's shed. Um, and that's when I got in touch with you again, didn't you? And you agreed to come on. So um, before we get on to that, um, I think it'd be nice to have a few minutes to remind listeners about the history of uh, the Blade and Shed and and also the essence of how these sort of sheds have become a bit of a phenomenon in recent years because I remember there were these sheds that opened up nationwide so um, men of a certain age or any age can go there to for peer support, just get on with things, for respite if they're carers, that sort of thing. And uh, I got in touch with ones sort of nearby and... Uh, uh, you guys were the ones that uh, uh, you know gave gave us the most positive feedback. So um, that's how we ended up finding you. But um, yeah, give Dean, give a sense to the listeners about the what these sheds are about and uh, how how you guys got started in the first place. The thing is, on a personal level, um, Fee had always been looking for something to do to help people, and specifically men. She'd always had this idea in her head that there could be a place where adults could go and just relax and follow projects and learn skills and a sort of a hope for a community. Um, she'd always had this idea in her head boiling away in there, and that's what she wanted to do. Mm. Um, and in everything we'd done beforehand, um, we ran craft markets and uh, uh, events and things. Uh, in everything we, we did, she always leaned towards moving things towards community, moving, moving things towards helping people. Uh, we weren't natural money people. I mean, we did okay, made a profit, got by, all that kind of thing. But uh, we, it just wasn't really in our nature. You know, she always wanted, she came from a long line of people who just, you know, did stuff outside of work, helped their communities, you know, um, all the way back to a, a great uncle, uh, a great uncle, George Harvey, who was a, a pit wayman for Wadley Colliery and uh, uh, went to uh, Oxford on a scholarship and studied law so he could represent uh, the miners in disputes with uh, their employers um, and she'd always wanted to distinguish herself in a similar way. She she always had this burning desire to help people. Um, so when in 2016, well, end of 2015 actually, uh, we stopped doing the markets and uh, Fee was thinking of, uh, had been for some while, trying to think of some way to do this and she tried doing it online and, but it's really difficult to get people in forums when you don't have people in the forums already. Um, she tried doing researching and talking to people, and somebody mentioned sheds. Now, by this time, uh, the shed movement had gotten to this country and been in the country for a few years, and there were like three, four hundred sheds in the country, mm -hmm. mostly down south. Um, but the I, the problem with starting the idea we'd always had a problem finding a venue um you know for like no money <laughs> which um is, is a tall order um so getting towards the end of 2015 uh, health as as usual was was taking a dip she had health problems her whole life and um towards the end of that year um, i kind of felt 
I kind of felt like I was going to lose her, actually. Um, mm. She was kind of fading away. Mm. Um, and her health being what it was, uh, it's like if she got down in her spirits and she gave up, uh, I just thought, well, that'd be that, you know. Mm-hmm. But as, as so often, when she'd be knocked down or when things um, got on top of her, she rallied and she was like, right, we're going to do this. Forget the money. Forget we can't do this. We can't do that. We're going to do this. She made posters. Mm-hmm. She contacted people. We hired a room in the community center in Leiden, uh, not far from the park. And, uh, we just went for it and we turned up there and on our first day 12 12 guys turned up right. <laughs> which we didn't really expect you know we just had like cake and biscuits and tea and stuff yeah i remember you saying that yeah yeah and a few friends and you know it was like then we were sat in this room and uh we looked into getting a little bit of funding for maybe some equipment. And then we started looking around for a place and somebody suggested we wrote a letter and uh, did some persuasion and we got got the place for a year on a peppercorn rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were moved in within a few months. So this is like January, to the, well, March, actually, March 2016, 1st of March is when we had the first uh opening in the community center and then june i believe of that same year just a couple of months later we were moving into our own premises mm-hmm. it was a big job you know the, even with the guys help um clearing the garden which was like you could walk into it and no one would see you you know you'd be completely lost in there clearing the garden clearing all the stuff out um starting to make the place presentable painting it there was so much to do uh, the, the roof was leaking and the extension so much to do but um mm-hmm. the guys rallied round, and we were open two days a week at the time i was there both my days off from work and uh all the time fee was working and contacting people and um spreading the word and getting a facebook page running um she had a vision she had a vision for the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the next four years, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, everything was from scratch. There is a shed association. Mm-hmm. But up until, I think, a few months ago, they didn't have any guidance for people starting up new sheds. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a book or a whatever. Uh, and in fact, it was produced by a couple of academics. They recently produced a book. Um, we spoke to people who'd run sheds and they compiled uh, a sort of advice book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't think it's really comprehensive mm-hmm. on, on how to go about doing this. Um, but we were doing this from scratch. So insurance, um, safe, safeguarding, uh, everything. We all just had to like find the information or make, make it up as we went along and, and get things get things moving mm-hmm. the idea let's say the basic idea of a shed is that people turn up 
um, you, you're open a couple of times a week and guys can come and they can do as little or as much as they want. And there's equipment there, usually a workshop, usually woodwork because it's the easiest to ensure. Um, and whatever else we can bring in yeah. that will interest guys and give them a reason to spend time around each other. Mm. I, I recall I recall a couple of examples from our visit. Um, yeah. Wasn't there a, a guy who um, used to come up all the way from Brighton or somewhere? Uh, all the way down uh-huh. south? Yeah? Yes. And yes. there was another uh, guy this, another guy who was a carer and going to the shed was only his, his only means of respite from... Um, we had a... We had, during our, our, our um, four years open, we had a, a large number of, of people um, who were in that particular position. Yeah. I mean, we had bereaved guys. Mm-hmm. We had guys who were caring for um, disabled children. Uh, we had guys who were caring for uh, wives with dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, guys who were so isolated that they hadn't been in the world of work for like a decade and they just really gotten out of the habit of talking to people or knowing how to talk to people or knowing how to be around people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had young guys with um, all sorts of um, anxiety issues, uh, depression, um, people who were on the the door long term and just needed to be doing something. Guys with all sorts of problems and that looks like somewhere they can go and that is okay and then they spend time doing stuff. And while they are busy doing stuff or watching other people doing stuff, entertaining stuff, whatever, while they're doing that thing that guys do where and yeah. then they'll like stand around with their arms crossed and go, why not try that? You know, and then you'll see like four or five guys standing around saying, well, I don't know, maybe you should try that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like, I've seen this stop people in the middle of work when somebody's putting something up or, or, you know, building something or whatever, people Mm. will, guys will just stop and go, hmm, maybe try this, maybe try that. And while they are doing that, while they're caught up with that, they're spending time with other guys, they're socializing. They are eventually, when they're comfortable, talking about their problems to each other, giving each other advice. Yeah. I mean... Fee was maybe the single greatest uh, lay expert on human behavior I have ever met. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had helped so many people in her life just because that was what she was. Mm -hmm. Her mum was the same. They were just built to listen and they could see what people needed. And Fee, you know, she kept out of the way. She kept in the office most of the time. And, uh, you know, we do our admin thing, we do our promotional thing, we'd, we'd be getting on with stuff. But she always made herself available for the guys who just really wanted or needed to talk mm-hmm. in private. Yeah. Guys with, like, really serious stuff going on. Yeah. Um, she'd make sure that they, she was there to talk to them. But that wasn't the point of the shed, in a way. Yeah. That was like a supplementary thing. Yeah. It's like the guys were there to help each other. Yeah. In the, in just just in the natural way, the guys will when they're given the space and time uh, to just spend time and relax mm-hmm. and do 
any of the things that any guys do when they're relaxed. Um, so sheds are really simple like that, but not all sheds are not all sheds are the same because there's no, there's no guidance, and each and every shed is independent. Um, you can get everything across the country from a place which is just completely clicky and outsiders are not welcome. Yeah. You know, it's like a dozen and a half, a dozen guys, and it's their thing, and yeah. you know, nobody else is welcome. Uh, to you know, wonderful places to places that have age restrictions. You mentioned Age UK. They have got a lot of sheds, but unfortunately they tend to host them in old people's homes. Right. Uh, which, you know, is great for the old people. Under 50, you can't join. Yeah. So that's like a, a shared space that could have been fair for all yeah. guys, which is now just for older guys. And that's yeah. that's not something we approved of. We always em- emphasized... Um, 18 or over, yeah. 18 all the way up to 90. Uh, as long as a guy can like look out for himself. Unfortunately, we could not take Alzheimer's uh, people. Um, we've had a lot of people through the doors, and there are there are some rules that just happen naturally, and you don't realize they're going to be rules or write them down until some stuff happens. We we had a guy who was brought in by his wife. Um, and uh, she was showing him around, and we were showing him around the place, and she was like, oh, I'm just going to go off and do some shopping or something, uh, even before we'd had a chance to talk to the guy, and she was away, and so we were showing the guy around, and it soon became apparent that he, he didn't know where he was, mm-hmm. and things we told him were like dropping right out of his head, like minutes after, and he was asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. And he was asking where his wife was. Yeah. And it was very clear that the guy was, uh, had real difficulties. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to leave and uh, go find his wife. He said, oh, I'll have to go find her. But it was clear that, like, it would not be safe to let this guy just go out on his own. Yeah. Well, fortunately at the time, we had a few volunteers so Faye and the volunteers could look after the place. And I went with the guy because yeah. I did not feel safe or, or right leaving him alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was all over the place. He went to the doctors. He went uh, looking around the shops and stuff. And he was constantly after asking me where his wife was. Now, she hadn't left any contact details. Yeah. Um, so I was like half an hour walking around with this guy. Luckily, we happened across her. Uh, sitting in the Morrison's uh, uh, dining dining area, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I had to say, look, you know, we don't have the experience, and we don't have the staff to be able to look after your husband. Um, we're not really a suitable, you know, place to leave him. And she knew, she knew, you know, she knew in a way that it like it wasn't, yeah, the right thing to do, but. Bless her, she was so desperate for some respite. Yeah. She was so desperate. You know, uh, I, I felt awful for her, but it just wasn't something we could deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, we've had to have the rule that guys have to be able to look after themselves yeah. because, you know, we, we can't supervise. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's never been enough uh, volunteers to, to supervise every guy. And 
certainly there are things in, in a shed which are dangerous. There are tools and sure. all sorts of things going on. Well, there's help so, and there's expert help, isn't there? It's two separate things. Yeah, precisely, yeah. yeah. There are, you know, there are wonderful expert people out there. Yeah. I don't know if there are enough. If uh, if lasses like that are in that position, if people are in that position, maybe there aren't enough of them. But uh, unfortunately, we can't take anyone with a history of violence. You know, even if they're reforming, even if they're doing whatever, we can't take those risks. Mm. Um, lot, lots of difficulties to it. Lots of stuff that just turns up out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to make a decision and you have to make, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah, sheds can be extremely variable. There's the, and that's a, a, a double-edged thing. One side of it is wonderful mm -hmm. uh, because you have absolute uh freedom to operate yeah. within the the strictures of your own um uh remit sort of thing uh, yeah. you you can operate you know as you see fit as the committee see fit as your members see fit to yeah. operate but uh at the same time if the wrong people are in charge there is nobody to check you yeah and um there's nobody to, to like hold you to account um so variable quality you know dean so, it's interesting you say that we talk about the history of the sheds i was just wondering in your opinion um because we we're talking more about mental health in in, in recent years that the i mean i use the word phenomenon there i don't know if i probably used it more kind of ambitiously given that it's it can, it's a thing that's always been there maybe it's like it, it was like a best kept secret for a long time but because we're well, talking I mean, we yeah, you haven't heard of the sheds at all before. You know, she'd had this idea, which mm. was bang on at pretty much exactly what sheds were. Certainly, what our shed became. Yeah, um, but we had never actually heard of them before. Uh, she went poking around the men's rights area, and a guy in there uh, gave her a link. Right. Uh, so you know, I mean, apparently it had been going since the seventies, but that mm. was Australia. Mm. When it hit the UK, I'm not entirely certain. Mm. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah. as I say, like, uh, I, I don't know, because uh, on the radio show, I used to read out the, the news slots, and I think it was a press release from Age UK, it might have been somebody else as well, and they were talking yeah. about um, these sort of men's sheds that were sort of springing up um, all over the place, um, yeah. and I think maybe maybe because of the traction and because we all talk more about mental health, that this seemed an idea that more and more communities we began to support and sort of think well why don't we you get some established ones run by charities you know couple you know we mentioned a couple of people or just like you know grassroots um sort of you know um hands hands you know starting off from your your bootstraps like like you and fee did um before we're going to talk more a little about 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 fee as well um shortly um just describe with all that sort of history and how what what where is Blade and Shed now? I know that there's been issues and 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 um, you had to close obviously uh, with lockdown. We'll get more we'll get more into lockdown a little bit as these podcasts are called Life in Lockdown. But what's the current state of play regarding the shed? Well, um, as you say, we uh, we closed our doors in March of 2020. Um, we'd had. Uh, my wife had uh, been bedbound since uh, late January, um, and we'd had volunteers running the place, 
very reliable volunteers for a couple of months. But when lockdown came in, we had to basically say, well, we can't be open. It's just no good for people's health at all. Yeah. Uh, so we shut down. And uh, during the time of that lease, uh, it, well, during the time of that, it, it came to light that uh, our five-year lease was coming up anyway. Yeah. Now, we'd had some problems with the property. Um, there were some maintenance issues, it, heating issues. Mm-hmm. It was becoming rather dilapidated and it wasn't being fixed. Um, so we thought... Because you we were to planning prepare. to expand, weren't you? Because I remember when you gave us the yeah. tour. Um, yeah. I remember you, you point, pointing yeah. out some areas where you were looking to extend some we of the, the gardens of, as well. I think. We were originally thinking of getting uh, some money to actually do the place up. Yeah. Um, but then after COVID came in, it was like, well, for a start, an application like that can take a long time. Mm-hmm. And as far as um, COVID was concerned, we had absolutely no idea what future requirements for a building or a community group were going to be. The legal status of everything and the health status of everything has obviously been up in the air, along with almost everything else for the last two years. Yeah. I mean, at the time, we were preoccupied uh, uh, with my wife's ill health. Um, we... Uh, which we did not at the time think was life-threatening. Uh, it was scary, it was debilitating, but we, we didn't think there was any uh, any real uh, danger to our life at that time. But we were fully concerned with that, and we put plans on the boil mm-hmm. that when we got back from this, uh, we would find a new venue, a better venue, a better space to restart the shed. Now, that did not come to pass, as it turns out. Yeah, There were problems. Let's just say that we trusted some people who we should not have trusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, his motivations may not have been uh, what we originally thought mm-hmm. they were going to be. And as the lease came out, uh, we've ended up with all of our uh, equipment, furniture, uh, the fruits of four years of donations from communities mm-hmm. all around Bladen yeah. um, in storage. Uh, a lot of stuff. regulars as well who come to the shed how they must be coping as well without we were um... worrying a, a great deal yeah we were worrying a great deal during lockdown i mean as far as uh some of our volunteers and some of uh, the ladies from our craft group were uh, kind enough to uh get out and help us with packing the old shed up mm. and it, we were well we were both at home they were busy uh, once a week, uh, getting out well, well, restrictions allowed, yeah. Because as you remember, the lockdown sort of varied very much, so we were kept looking at the government regulations. And uh, whenever it was okay for volunteers to do some volunteering, mm-hmm. uh, not, not okay for us to open, but okay for volunteers to do volunteering, we had them in and clearing and packing and getting ready for a move to move our stuff out, so that to an extent helped some of our volunteers get through but as far as the wider membership is concerned unfortunately we couldn't help um Mm. 
there was absolutely nothing we could do there. Yeah. I, I, I've worried since uh, all of last year when I was trying to get things back up and running after Fee's death. Um, um, excuse me. It's all right, it's all right mate. Uh, so, yeah, we had some. I had some distressing uh, emails from people who were um, from guys looking for a place uh, to get out and about, and you know, especially those uh, that I received from uh, from uh, men who were in the same situation as myself, yeah. who lost partners. Um, yeah. I felt pretty bad about that, yeah. but uh, but as it is, we. Uh, Thanks to the, the hard work of our volunteers, when the lockdown eased somewhat last year, we got all of our stuff into storage eventually. Um, and it seemed like uh, the big push was going to be finding somewhere to rent, uh, which we have not so far been able to do. Mm -hmm. Prices are wrong. Locations are wrong. Uh, so difficult to find a space for a, a round peg in a square hole of like retail property, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Uh, yeah, finding somewhere exactly suitable for something as as out of place as a community group is difficult. So we have a plan. Uh, we are going to find some land. Mm. We are going to find some funding. Mm -hmm. And we are going to build new premises. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, have you heard of uh, Cobb? Yes. Yes. The, the mixture of uh, sand, water, soil, and straw, yes. which can be used by uh, anybody with no building experience whatsoever to put up a building, a traditional material that's been used for like 10,000 years or more. Mm-hmm. Um, hard wearing fireproof and if you put a good roof and a good foundation on it the water doesn't bother it either so our idea is to get funding get land and uh, have members and volunteers build a new building purpose built for both the shed and other community groups to use fantastic so instead we have these pop-up sheds where we are uh, going for lighter stuff. Mm -hmm. um, anything, basically, that people can do that is relatively light, relatively without mess. Yeah. So we're talking uh, model making, we're talking yeah. board games, we're talking um, electronics, mm -hmm. we're talking about 3D printing, which thanks to a, a marvellous little portable uh, Delta printer we just recently acquired, we can move in and out of the place. Um, we're talking about programming. Uh, we're talking about uh, anything that anybody can do, uh, war games, etc., etc. Uh, anything at all that, uh, and anything that the guys want to bring in, just as we've always done, people mm. bring their own enthusiasms, their own stuff in to uh, to share with, mm. with the other guys. And have you um, put a have you put a time frame on this, or are you just going to allow it to? No, take... we are we are going to do this. 
basically until we have new premises. Okay. Uh, so at least this year. Okay. At very least this year. Um, okay. So we'll be there every Thursday between right. 11 and 2.30 p.m. at uh, Leiden Library. And uh, we have projects within that. We've started the uh, Megan project, which is a project to build a robot dragonfly and program it with an AI, a functional AI. A robot now, dragonfly? Okay. Intri yeah. Intriguing. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the idea is to build a robot body and an AI within it that can learn and integrate itself into an environment. Um, it will integrate itself into a community group. Okay. The idea being uh, that I was thinking about the idea that uh, companies and public bodies and communities have uh, legal identities. Yeah. Um, so that uh, you can also have a community group or a public body or a company with legal rights and legal responsibilities. Well, I, I like that approach. I mean, it, 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 it sometimes it needs something wild to, to you know, yeah. perk people's yeah. interests and it gets, gets people... Aim for something, aim yeah. for something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Give people a vision and uh, along the way, people will hopefully, through this particular project, be learning uh, programming in, in Python, in Arduino, uh, electronics, mm -hmm. um, Raspberry Pi stuff. Uh, robotics. Um, I'm sure when I'm sure when George Lucas uh, handed in his script about yeah. uh, a space opera and talking robots, I mean, I mean he would have got a few funny faces <laughs> to start with, wouldn't he? So he, he did get a few funny looks, as I remember. Yeah. So um, yeah, because we're making this entirely uh, where where possible. The parts that are not actually electronic and moving and things will be made entirely 3D printed, so they'll be replaceable. Yeah. Um, via via three D printer, yeah. um, to make them kind of self sufficient in a way, you know, they would come and they would. So it's it's sounding very it's sounding very positive. I mean, I'm already getting a sense of like yeah. the phoenix, the phoenix out of the flames, sort of ashes, sort of thing about it all. So. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to apply the lessons that Fee taught me, which is don't think about it, dive in. Um, well, on that. <laughs> On that note, I think it's only fair that we should, you know, spend the remaining minutes talking about her. Um, you know, when I start these podcasts, Dean, the first question I always ask my guests is, how have you been and how have you been throughout lockdown? Um, now, of course, you gave a glimpse of lockdown in terms of, you know, what happened to the shed and you alluded to, you know, what, what your partner, Fee, was going through as well. But, um, you know, when... In in my own lockdown, you know, I, you know, you try to keep abreast of of how your friends are doing, colleagues, and I always kept thinking, I wonder how the shed the shed shed people are. I wonder how Dean and Fee are doing, and you know, there was not a lot going on there, but I could understand, and I, I think I noticed a few one or two posts from Fee sort of describing her health, and she wasn't in a good way, and I think I kind of sort of said, "Oh, wishing you well," but. Um, and obviously, you know, you think, God, is it is it COVID or was something going on here? But um, um, am I right? It was it was sepsis that that sadly took her in the end, was it? And it kind of grabbed her. It, 
it was, and we don't know what the relationship what the relationship was between that and uh, what happened to her in early uh, mm. January of 2020. Um, mm. She had developed a hard lump in her abdomen, mm. um, uh, which we couldn't explain and we didn't understand. And then she started just gaining massive amounts of water. Mm -hmm. Her body was swelling up with water, um, particularly her abdomen, uh, to the point where she was on crutches, and then eventually she had to give up the shed. She'd been running a craft class at the shed mm -hmm. after hours, a uh, remarkable craft class, extending yeah. everything that everyone had, um, all the skills that the shed had, mm -hmm. the skills of the guys, the, the workshop, all that kind of thing. like multiple different types of crafts and extending into other stuff that crafts wouldn't usually go into. Mm -hmm. And it was really extraordinary. She'd never taught a class before, mm -hmm. but she just, she was just flying along doing this. Well, you know, when I, when I first got in touch, when I first got in touch with, with um, you guys, I mean, I think Fee yeah. gave me a phone call. I remember I was at work and it was only meant to be a sort of a short call, but we ended up chatting for about like three quarters an hour or something. And I kind of knew, I kind of knew that I was dealing with a force of nature here, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it, it's that's, that's not uncommon. That's not <laughs> uncommon. Um, she would call up service providers. I remember <laughs> uh, to to make complaint and uh, about this, that, and other, and she'd end up making friends. You yeah. know, uh, she couldn't help that. That just wouldn't. That would just. Happen. She seemed. She seemed uh, very excited on the prospect of that. That we had found the blade and shed and. You know, we could establish yeah. like a working relationship, and you know, we eventually got yeah. down, came down there. I remember the first time. I remember she was not well, um, so we came down the, and we were like, "Fee, we understand." You know, I have anxiety myself, and um, so we came down like a week or, or two later, and uh, yeah, she was just so kind of. Um, there was no person I've ever met who was less egotistical than Fee. <laughs> she hated any attention whatsoever. Yeah, uh, she hated being photographed. Even on even on a wedding day, she hated being the centre of attention. <laughs> um, but people revolved around her. Yeah. I mean, so she was she from was just, uh, she was from a mining background, mining family, yeah, and the outskirts. she was from the same background as me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're both from Durham, uh, Durham Coalfield villages. Mm -hmm. She was from uh, uh, Stanley. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember in the yeah. conversation in the first in in our visit because the thing we had in common was um, you know, with my I used to go around the the markets around uh, County Durham and well the whole of the northeast really with with, with my with my late father, and yeah. uh, so it was just it was just one of those things where you think small world we might have crossed each other's paths at some point, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's. I can yeah. imagine what fee would be like on the market stalls actually. Um, I, I bet you could <laughs> I bet you could draw a crowd. Put it that way, yeah. yeah? Uh, yes, absolutely. If, <laughs> if she if she wanted to, she had no problem public speaking, no yeah. problem whatsoever where she needed to, no nervousness whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, she was a very private person in a lot of ways, but yeah, she could uh, she could step up. Mm -hmm. She could always step up and do stuff. But she yeah. but 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 it, it takes a certain skill, I imagine, that for someone in her position to recognise vulnerability in people, and especially men, when we're quite sort of famous for not bearing our um, feelings all, all too often. Usually, I mean, one of the great things about the sheds that we, 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 we would have mentioned before, I guess, is that 
it was always the pub that men used to go down to to sink away their their feelings, their troubles, their problems. But the good, the great thing about a shed is it's a sort of a great alternative in that. Actually, no, we we will open open up. We won't have necessarily have to, you know, drown drown our feelings out in a way. Yeah, we can talk about it. If we don't, that's fine. But we've got something to do. We've got peer support, and uh, I think she recognised that, didn't she? She recognised the the. She absolutely could see and feel the mechanics mm-hmm. of, of people's social social interactions. She could see that um, if guys had the time around each other, yeah. they'd help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, her as far as her, her concerned, people with troubles just came to her, and the second you know people would just open up to her, yeah. and they would tell her their darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. Left to herself for ten minutes with someone, they would find themselves telling her their absolute darkest secrets in the world, mm. the worst things that happened that ever happened to them, the worst things they'd ever done, yeah. and they they somehow knew yeah. that she was an absolutely trustworthy repository for those secrets. Mm. Something about it just drew people to her. And I saw um, footage you posted of. Um the memorial that that you you had um and i was quite touched in a way that you actually played some of our interview down there because um there wasn't much audio of well of of Fee knocking about really and you asked for some audio and um it was um uh eternally grateful no no it was a complete pleasure i i think um i think when you were when you were asking um and I, I remember listening back to it as well, and I was thinking, gosh, you could really, you know, for those who hadn't come across her, I mean, I mean, just tune into this. And I'm not just saying it in a biased way because no, it was done with us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she just the do... the bubbly nature, the, the her laughing, her her anic- anecdotes and everything. Yeah, she didn't do, um, you know, she didn't do photographs. <laughs> I've had to scratch around for all the ones I can find of it. She yeah. didn't do video at all. Um, there's a very short video that she that she she made for the Evening Chronicle when we first opened up. Yeah, uh, and I've got that. The Chronicle mm-hmm. obligingly sent that to me. It was very kind of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, there is no video of her anywhere. And uh, I recently came across a little cachet of. Um, uh, they were video files. My wife got me a, um, a, a microscope uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I was um, videoing, taking pictures of um, very small things because they were forming odd shapes, and I thought I could use them as uh, interesting backgrounds for comics I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was videoing them in order to take snapshots from them. Mm-hmm. Put it all in the background. Um, my ca- my phone, uh, camera phone, was also picking up a conversation between us. Right. And there were like a dozen or so of these, and finding them was like finding gold. Mm. It was like um, it just knocked me over. It really did to have like just some more of a voice. Well, I think that's the beauty of audio. I mean, I think you know. I mean, yeah. again, I'm not just saying it because it's us that you know. We're a radio show or a podcast, but there's something about audio that kind yeah. of penetrates to to the heart of people. You can't capture who a person is. Yeah, more than more than perhaps video does. You know, you know? yeah. Any of the nonsense of, of, of looking at them um, 
So, yeah, I mean, you know, my heart goes out to you and, and all the regulars and the Bladen community because I imagine that, that it, it is feels like a void. I myself went through um, grief very recently. Um, um, yeah. Someone at work, a colleague, well, I see, I call him Uncle D. Um, we've, I've known him about, I've known him for over 30 years. He used to, actually used to do the markets with me, dad and my uncle. Um, and, you know, he, he was diagnosed with uh, cancer at the... Um, sort of late 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 summer um gotcha. and then we lost him in a, in a in space of like two months exactly how my dad went actually oh, so, so sorry to hear that. Oh, been doubly yeah i mean it's uh, it's i don't think it's properly sunk in to be honest it all seems very surreal but um gotcha. the last two years i think just generally for for most people has been um incredibly just tough dreadful, I mean, dreadful awful so many people have lost and it, it lost multiple people. Mm. I know multiple people who've lost multiple people over the last two years. Yeah. Um, it's just, it really has been awful. It's just been dreadful. Mm. And the, the other things that the shed did over the four years we were open, we had the clean start program, which was taking in donated, um, um, toiletries for men who were homeless or had fallen on hard luck. Mm. Um, so that we could give those out. Um, we had the swap station, which was pro- often providing stuff, oh, yeah. often for free. I remember to, that, to yeah. People yeah. who, again, didn't have much or needed something. In 2019, we had the Christmas um, Christmas hampers that were put out for people, um, nominated by the community, people mm-hmm. who were having a difficult time. I mean, it was, it was a good year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Before everything went to pot, that yeah. was... Uh, and do you think do you think um i'm i'm getting the sense when you were talking about fee at the beginning that you know despite her her health problems at the start the 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 energy that she plowed into creating the shed kind of gave her extra life and do you think with restarting the shed in the manner that you're doing it's it's helping you deal with grief and loss in a way that that that's sort of like you're um you're spot on there mate you're spot on i mean it uh, it was her dream, and yeah, every time she picked herself back up and threw her into, herself into something. Because the thing is, ever since she was little, Fee had lived in um, uh, pain, to be honest. Um, she was mostly uncomfortable. She was mostly in pain mm-hmm. from her joints, um, from her kidneys. She would. She kind of trained herself to ignore her body a lot. A lot of the time, I'd come home and she hadn't eaten. She mm-hmm. found something. She was throwing herself into some project or other. And she was busy on the laptop talking to people, doing something, yeah. and she just completely neglected to eat yeah. or um, you know move. <laughs> um, she was somebody who just threw herself absolutely into things and mm-hmm. forgot everything else. So yeah. She put so much energy. We put so much energy into those four years. We put everything, everything into it, and we built something really magnificent. And it is doubly tragic to see that the material traces of that thing are gone. Mm-hmm. The place where we spent so much time helping so many people, being with so many great people, having mm-hmm. such a laugh. Mm-hmm. We had such a laugh. Mm-hmm. We always did. Whenever we were together, that was we were just having a laugh. Yeah. Every every day, even in the worst of times, but 
to see all that gone is terrible. Mm. But to know that uh, the vision that she had for things, the vision for how a shed should go, uh, the spirit of it. It'll continue to inspire, yeah. That's, you know, there are so many people I know through the shed or I met through the shed, great people, volunteers, mm. our own committee, mm-hmm. loads of wonderful people um, and people who have helped us who, are, who still have part of the shed in them. Yeah. And me, she built me. Mm. She fixed me and, yeah. and set me away running. And mm. um, if it weren't for the shed, the shed's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. I mean, not many things. You know, I'm just a guy who pushes trolleys for a living. You know, mm-hmm. there's not many things where you can say, oh, yeah, I saved somebody's life. I mean, well, it's that, it's that saying, isn't it? Life. It's that saying, isn't You're it? Right. If you if you build it, they will come. I think uh, places yeah. places like the shed <laughs> encompass that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I know for certain there are some some guys out there, just a couple who I wouldn't one hundred percent know. I you know I had a real major part in saving their lives. That's fantastic. And and we helped so many other guys. In I don't know what measurable ways, but you saw yeah. you saw them come in looking down at the floor mm. and leave looking everyone in the eye, you know, and that's and it's like the thing even if, even if it's just helped that I mean it's the same essence with the radio show in a way that one of the pillars in terms of like um you know helping people if it, if it's just if you've just helped that one person it just makes it all worthwhile doesn't it um, yeah. yeah and I'm sure I'm sure she'll be up there kind of smiling and then saying yeah. Most definitely, <laughs> she will when she gets a spare moment because I'm <laughs> probably busy doing something. Yeah. When she was laid up in bed that last year, yeah, she could not lie down. Mm-hmm. She had to sleep sitting up. Mm-hmm. Um, she couldn't lie down because it was impossible for her to breathe if she did. Mm-hmm. But she was planning. She had plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was uh, planning this uh, tiny homes community. Okay. She had me doing research on it. And this was going to integrate with the shed and our new place. Uh, and it was all going to move into the... Yeah, we were going to buy a huge plot of land, mm-hmm. sort out this investment thing, have people who wanted tiny homes yep. coming to us and organise a committee and uh, distribute plots where people could build them because mm-hmm. the planning regulations right here and right now don't really allow for tiny homes properly. It's really difficult to find a place. She'd established the Northeast's only tiny homes group, right? Um, which it didn't have one. She did that while she was in bed, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that that just uh, <laughs> that just illustrates so, the yeah. Just even 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 towards the end, she was still you know couldn't stop her while she drew breath. Yeah, yeah. And even now, there are bits of her, me for instance, mm-hmm. still pushing, twitching, and trying to get the thing done. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned at the just prior to when I hit the record button that um, you know in terms of how you are in the start of the year, I know that you you got a couple of cats and um, um, you were determined not <laughs> well, to was, you were determined not to be pulled down, and you were just gonna you pretty know pretty miserable. I was pretty miserable. I mean, uh, I was pretty much just like get me out of here. You know what I mean? Uh, I just want to go stay here, yeah. um, but I didn't want to let it down. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I thought, right, I'll stay and I'll do all the right things and I'll I'll get things up on their feet and I'll live life. I'll get on with it, but mm-hmm. I don't have to enjoy it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have to want to be here. Mm-hmm. So some some little part of me towards the beginning of December said, look, get some cats. Because <laughs> our, our cat died in 2020 in November, yeah. about five months before we did. Um, and we'd always had cats. Well, I'm a big advocate of cats because when I had my own breakdown, um, yeah. I often tell this story on, on the, the, the radio show, but um, we had this neighbour's cat. She was a tuxedo cat. I mean, I didn't know her real name, so I, I called yeah. it Tuxie, you know, short for Tuxie. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she was she was a tiny little thing, but she was always very timid. So every time I was in the backyard, she would run away. But when I when I had my breakdown... And the only time I stepped outside was literally in the backyard. And um, this this wee cat just just almost had a sixth sense that she could sense not all was all right. And um, no, they do. They know. Yeah, they know. And when she Fee was at her worst with health problems and things like that, the cats always came to her. Really? Okay. And lay with her, sat with her. They always did. I swear. Mm-hmm. And when I got these cats mm-hmm. in December, um, just before the cutoff point. Where they weren't allowed to adopt them anymore, yeah. uh, I, I, I got a, a pair of them because the they're not exactly brother and sister; they're not related in any way, but they act like she, he acts like his big sister. <laughs> He's only five; she's like twelve. Yeah, <laughs> and he hid from me for the first two weeks he was here. Yeah, I just didn't see him. I saw him go by in a blur, uh-huh. but she, from like the first night she was here. She came over and she just lay on my chest yeah. and she would not budge. That's neat. I mean, whenever I was sat down in the house, she would come over and just lie on my chest because it was what I needed. Yeah. I needed somebody to care for, somebody yeah. to look after, yeah. somebody to say, no, I can't just let go of things. I can't not want to be here. Mm-hmm. I have to like be here because there's somebody to care for, you know? Yeah, yeah. I get that. And she knew. She yeah. knew. She, she absolutely, I mean, she's not, as clingy, I say clingy, it's not her that was clingy, it was me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, she was responding mm-hmm. to the fact that I just needed somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now they're happily settled. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, it made a difference for me. It really, uh, it really did. Well, it's been a tough couple of years, as it has for most, if not everybody. And I know that you've had, yeah. You know, one of the most difficult times. Um, obviously, it was someone I knew as well, and we all we all miss Fee. And but I think we paid a nice tribute to her, and we talked um, about her personality. She was literally a force of nature, and um, but it's great to know as well that through her inspiration, that that, that there is a bright future, and then you're working towards that. And um, if there's anything more that you want to talk about on mentally sound, you're more than welcome, uh, Dean. Um, well. We're all hopefully heading for a bright future. Yeah. But that's that's uh let's let's head for that horizon line. You've got to keep that before you. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't even if we trip along the way or whatever, gotta head in that direction. So mm-hmm. yeah, here's to a better one, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dean, and thank you listeners for tuning into Mentally Sound Life and Lockdown Podcast series. Join us again next week for some more Life and Lockdown podcasts. We'll have some more guests on as well. Uh, perhaps we'll have our therapist on board. I haven't seen him in a few weeks, so we'll see what he's up to. And uh, anything topical that, that is worthy of talking about, I'm sure we'll cover those areas as well. But as I say always, uh, look after yourself out there. I mean, things are looking better, but we're not out the woods yet in terms of uh, the pandemic. So, um, 
yep, keep out for one another. I know that some rules are changed, but, um, you know, look out for your fellow person. Look out for people in your community, the vulnerable. Um, make sure you sign person to the right way. Uh, look after yourself, but more importantly, look after your mental health. If you're listening to us on Spice FM, stay tuned for the next show. Thanks, Dean. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye.